Welcome to Nuanced Beauty, because the world is nuanced and we think that's beautiful. One of the Hungarian roadie, the band with the Hungarian roadie. No, I yeah, haven't heard they, of that band. They had a, 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 a roadie from Hungary and they also had a Czech one too. A Czech one too. Oh, wow. Are we live? We're live. Did, is sound check? Oh, hi guys. Welcome to Nuance Beauty. Hey. <laughs> I didn't, I thought the Hungary thing, you were about to go into the topic of being I'm just Hungary. A, a separate Eastern European com- country so that the Czech, Hunger, Hungarian, Czech, it's, oh. yeah, but you know, roadies, they do the, the microphone, just like we're standing in front of microphones and make sure they work and you check one. Two. I got check to check one too. one too, but the hungry. I thought you were maybe referencing the point of today's topic. Oh, that would have been slick. Pro- that would have been real pro- slick. Professional podcasting move there. So, in light of being hungry, and in light of New Year's resolutions, and how this is going to be at the forefront of people's minds, my question to explore today is: eating healthy, virtue signaling, and yeah. air quote the word healthy. If you're if you're eating healthy and not telling any uh, anyone about it, are you really eating healthy? <laughs> uh-huh. So, healthy, I I have to preface healthy with air quotes because uh each person has their own interpretation of what healthy eating means. Mm-hmm. And as I myself have spent since Zeke was one, so the past 5 or 6 years um exploring eating different than the conventional way, I guess. There has been a lot of trial and a lot of uh, discovery of what's better for my body. The thing I love about you is you couldn't even bring yourself to say trial and error. I had trial and error written down, but then I didn't say it. You couldn't do it. You can't admit admit to an error. There was a trial and there was discovery. (laughs) There were no problems. There were only opportunities. So eating healthy can be highly individualized. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just what I've learned through experience and what we've introduced and food sensitivity testing. Like there's so much to the concept of healthy eating. The thing we're really, it's like sticking in our, in our hearts here about this isn't about what is or is healthy, but it's just the, uh, the, the tension that you get around people who are talking about, talking about it or people who assume things about you because you've talked about it. Because you've mentioned something like Trader Mm -hmm. Joe's. What do you think you're better than me? Uh? Organic, pasture-raised eggs. All of these buzzwords. Great joke on pasture-raised eggs. Where uh, One of the interesting things about our generation is that we get to stand in front of the egg counter and decide how much chicken cruelty can we afford to... to oh my gosh. <laughs> How much we're, allowed, we're yeah, willing how, to accept? How, how much? Uh, how, how much chickens can we afford to save this you week? You want a cage free, but it's still in a. It's still yeah, in a, I can a afford, building. I can afford the cage free, but I can't afford the pasture. I can't afford so the this pasture. is how much chicken misery I'm willing to cope with. Oh my gosh, that's that's funny and terrible. With that, um, the cost focused me of the twenties. I'll flash back. Uh, we didn't. We didn't need anything organic. Mm-mm. We, uh, I would buy the off brands and not necessarily the name brands specifically because I would look at their ingredient lists and I would say there's nothing different between this, uh, Jif or Peter Pan peanut butter and the store brand peanut butter. But yeah, we were what, 22 and we weren't really thinking about health, uh, in, in what we were eating or with any sort of intention. Mm-hmm. 
beyond the the bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. That was really the top of the list. Fast forward into our 30s and um that kind of changed like the the storyline for me uh and the personal changes was uh I introduced a probiotic after taking an antibiotic because a friend suggested I give it a try to basically repopulate the good bacteria because antibiotics don't just kill bad bacteria they kill your gut bacteria period and so you want to repopulate with the good stuff right so enter probiotic and uh, all of a sudden I'm pooping at least every other day. Whereas for my whole life that I can remember, I maybe pooped twice a week and it was a super uncomfortable poop. Yeah, I, I learned a lot about this woman's bowel, bowel movements in our early marriage because uh, <laughs> she's unafraid to give you those details. But they matter. They matter. They and matter it was immensely it was a huge uh, epiphany. A huge, well, it was a huge, I want to say canary in the coal mine, but it's a huge um indicator it was a it was a uh it was the oh maybe these things actually have some factuality to them and right. it's not just virtue signaling this is not a sugar pill it actually did change something in my body uh-huh and so with that i kind of uh i don't know i had to reassess my confident um sense of uh eating organic mm-hmm. being for wealthy people who just want to spend extra to feel good about themselves yeah, or to be seen as uh, conscious or intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's actually there's more than just the shallow aspect of, of uh, eating well with purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's kind of interesting uh, being in Seattle. It, that was like the best place to be to explore that and mm-hmm. sh- flip my flip my script on how I felt about that, reframe mm-hmm. it in my mind, because that place is much more uh, progressive about eating healthy, eating consciously. Like you, Portlandia. Talk about Portlandia. Oh, I mean, I, I can't remember which segment you're referring to, but if you look around West Seattle, there's multiple Trader Joe's and no Walmarts. Mm-hmm. So this the, um, the, the culture around food is very different. Yeah. Um, couple of pccs which are like a whole food analog it's like there's uh like sprouts i would say pcc is like sprouts sprouts, for here yeah uh but there is and i'm I'm curious how much this went into this it's almost uh harder to shop poorly (laughs) in west seattle yeah because the nearest grocery store uh would have been you know pcc or trader joe's but i wonder how much of the change you went through yes obviously the the probiotics was moving from missouri to washington state Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, did, did, was it just in the water? Yeah. Was it just in the water? Mm-hmm. But Aldi, Aldi too, they have started to cater and they're offering an organic brand. Oh, and nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. They bouged up. Bougie. <laughs> can you, can you take the word bougie and make it a verb? I think you can do whatever you want. Okay. But so that opened a door and I think it helped that the culture around us. <laughs> what? You went from pooping twice a week to every other day. It opened a door. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, for me to just say, wow, maybe there's something to this. And then a year later, I did a uh, sugar fast. And that was super monumental in yeah. just uh, helping me, helping me realize how impulsively and how, um, without conscience, Mm -hmm. I could reach for something sweet and just like really go to town and really be almost obsessive. Like, oh, this is the best thing. Like Mm -hmm. I need to eat this whole cake right now. Like, and I don't know that I ever ate whole cake, but you know what I mean? No, but we had, 
big bowls of ice cream regularly regularly yeah. But it was just uh, so there and it was so like, ah, just like Mm -hmm. this um, almost like internal like craving. It's Mm -hmm. craving. That's what it is. There's a really cool book called Made to Crave that Mm -hmm. dives into the packaged products and the way that we've um, changed uh, the taste of things Mm -hmm. and the palatability of things to make foods just more indulging and more just like, you know, uh, kick in your mouth like, oh, I want to go back and eat that. Yeah, that's it's mentioned in the carnivore code that um in there's there's little or nothing in nature that mixes fats and sugars in one food. Uh you either have things that are carb heavy or things that are fat heavy. You have meats and you have vegetables, and those are two separate things. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of things that have both. I guess beans is the closest thing. Uh but ice cream is exactly that. Uh-huh. And so what it does is it, it can it short circuits your your ghrelin hormone that tells you you're full. So you just keep eating. Mm-hmm. Um Ghrelin, is that right? Sounds right. I think ghrelin. Yeah, but, uh, that sounds right. But it's one of those things that isn't it isn't naturally occurring, so it changes uh, hormonally how your body functions, and you crave mm-hmm. the same way you might crave alcohol or cigarettes. You crave the sugar. Yeah, and um, doing that sugar fest, uh, it was with a, a group called Revelation Wellness, which is a, a Christian um, faith and fitness. But the emphasis is on the faith first and the fitness comes second. Mm-hmm. Um, I put that out there because it's not cheesy and it's not cheesy fitness and it's not fitness. And with a little bit of God sprinkled in there, it's no, like God created your body. You're supposed to steward it well. And um, how you get you get whole first mm-hmm. and then you worry like you find God, you get whole and then worry about being healthy and helping others. Go whole before you go whole 30. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That idea. Um, so there's that story. And then the other story of the, the, I guess the beauty along the way is, um, when, uh, I was expecting Aaron, Mm -hmm. um, I read a book called grain brain. I was driving two and a half hours a day in the car. And, um, I did a lot of podcasts and audiobooks. at this point. I was really, really, um, leaning into, documentaries, video, you know, like video content, podcasts, and books that dove into potentially alternative medicine and holistic approaches, which to be holistic, it's really and a focus on your diet. Science, yeah. yeah. And um, so Grain Brain was a book that really heavily uh, by Dr. Perlmutter, he's a neuroscientist or a neurosurgeon. Um, really heavily talks about how grains are impacting our brains Mm -hmm. and the memory. And um, he goes into your vitamin D levels and your omega-3, like your fats and such. And he really gets into the science of it. So I, I implemented changes during that time. And that winter, I didn't experience the like seasonal depression, Um, Mm -hmm. the level of brain fog that I would get every single winter. Um, since high school, I had this sense of like, uh, my mind's not clicking well. And then because my mind isn't working as fast as I want it to, I'm frustrated with myself. Mm -hmm. And because I'm frustrated with myself, that means I am exerting that frustration Mm -hmm. on the whole household. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, you know, I'm not fun to be around. (laughs) So, um, I, again, like this is another breakthrough of like, holy crap, my mind is like kind of uh, what surprised mm-hmm. because I made this change in my diet 
And I did blood work to see my vitamin D was wicked low, like below the the 20 to 70 nanograms per liter that it wants to be or whatever micrograms. It's a weird measurement. Yeah, it's a unit measurement. Uh huh. So I'm not even in like the range. And then there's like the range and then there's the optimal range because the people who take those tests usually go to doctor's offices and have ailments. So that average that you see is an average based on folks who doctors want to order the lab tests to see yeah the, not necessarily the most insurance companies spot. don't cover vitamin d tests because they know it's low everybody's is. yeah if you're above 15 degree latitude which is almost the whole country almost the whole country so so most insurances won't cover a vitamin d test and it's a few hundred bucks so there's not a lot of people actually getting the test it's cheaper now if you go the whole holistic route oh, there, there has been a, a renaissance uh, revolution in, in these sorts of tests but at but the time when we started looking into this very expensive yeah. And it's like, whoa, what do you know? Like this thing that I thought was uh, a lifetime ailment. I thought it ran in the family. It must be my genetics and it's an unchangeable. I can't control it. I mean, I could go medicate, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I have my own reservations about too many medications and side effects. Um, so I'm just going to live with it. But I didn't have to live with it. And like light bulb. Mm-hmm. Right. Go ahead, babe. So how have you... So that, that was all kind of like the the good things in your story. But how have you avoided coming off as virtue signally yeah. when you try to have these conversations? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because so, the way I cope is I just don't have these conversations. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's as you mentioned, like, if I don't share it, then like nobody knows. Right. Nobody so asks cool. me how I eat. It's okay. Like nobody cares how I eat. Nope. Nobody cares about me. Nope. Um, yeah. So it is this really hard thing where when you're meeting with someone and you're chatting and um, you had this great story of like uh, a reel where it's like trying to figure out somebody's political leanings on a date. So you just like slowly like slip out buzzwords to see how they respond. Yes. Like, so do you eat out? Yeah, we eat out like five times a week. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, OK. Yeah, we have. A oh, different- I, I wonder if there's anything organic on this menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a thing that it's uh, you don't necessarily talk to about everyone. But if someone gets on the topic of uh, a food or what they're going to order, it just kind of comes out and you see that people eat differently. Or they eat the same. And oh my God, did we just become best friends? Yes. And that's like the fun part is when you find somebody who is kind of uh, in the same like wavelength of exploring food and eating intentionally and eating on purpose, which again, like those words sound like it sounds like you're trying to shame somebody. It sounds woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds almost like for a person listening, mm-hmm. you could hear that me saying eating on purpose. I mean, I, it's it's fine. Like if people just don't care about their bodies, I'm just, I care about my body. So I don't know. Like but <laughs> you do you, if you don't want to care, you're allowed to just not care, but, but I, but I care. Right. And so that's what makes it so uncomfortable because it's like, oh no, like I am moving toward a thing. And I'm doing it because of my own personal story and the things that have like physically improved in my own life that have affirmed like, wow, I'm headed in the right direction here. And there's value. There's value beyond the price tag on that that box on the shelf mm-hmm. in what I am consuming. And because I see that and I've, I see the I see it as a, a an intentional investment because I've seen the payoffs mm-hmm. physically in my body. But it's so easy for um, someone who has not 
they, you know, whatever. I don't have the time, for example. That's mm-hmm. a good one. I don't have the time to do all this research. Yeah. Like, when do you have time to research food? Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard because that that statement, I it's and I, you I had, can't help. You had but, the great fortune of three hours a day in commuting time. Uh huh. That allowed you to do this research. Uh huh. Check your privilege. Yeah, yeah. You got to be in the car for two and a half hours listening to podcasts and audiobooks. Rented from the library, by the way. <laughs> so it was free, uh-huh. free content. But it's the area that I, I chose to put my focus and energy in. And so it is just a very, very difficult field to navigate and mm-hmm. not come across like the concept that you're virtue signaling. Yeah. And oh, that's that's nice for you. You're upper middle class wealthy. I can't I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it costs so much. Look at the expense. You're saying you're kind of cavalierly saying, well, it's worth the extra expense. But if you can't afford that, well, if expense. there isn't the extra expense. Right. And that's probably true for some subsection of people. But I think for a lot of people, I, I saw this uh, one of the ships I sailed on. One of the guys was trying to lose some weight. So he decided he was going to have uh, a salad with lunch every day. Add a salad. On he added the salad on top of the lunch versus, of, versus replacing the stuff in your shopping cart mm-hmm. and getting rid of the boxed the boxed you know, whatever cheetos uh the bags yeah the, the whatever you do need like it you can't just add health foods to and your then, cart and then not remove other stuff uh-huh and i, I again that's uh some uh some subsect of people who can get away with that and there's some people who probably probably couldn't but mm-hmm. uh but approaching it from that way, it does sound like a, a cost equation. Yeah. Because you're asking me to just spend more on my grocery bill mm-hmm. versus not, I'm asking you to like erase the whole damn board mm-hmm. and start over from the beginning right. and eat rice and uh, just chicken. Huge swaths of the world eat rice as a staple. Have you ever seen like the 10 pound bag of rice at Costco? (laughs) It costs nothing. We're about to buy one of those. We are. (laughs) And we've, yeah, that's a new world for me storing rice but but even at, at whatever the qfc or or uh Publix, like the the bulk rice like you can eat healthy for cheap if you're you know austere about it again like it's a, it's a level of in, intention there or mm-hmm. uh not not eating out mm-hmm. like uh so then there's that time commitment like well i work a 10-hour shift six days a week mm-hmm. i'm working 60 hours a week mm-hmm. and then that again it's like i i don't know like I I feel bad for those statements because I do think there's a way if there is that like uh that breakthrough mm-hmm. for you that makes it become a valuable thing but that's, for you. That's the tension. That's the tension we're in of like we don't want to be smarmy. Yeah. Towards people who can't do or believe they can't do a thing. Uh-huh. And then we don't want to be seen as virtue signally because we perceived other people as virtue signally earlier before we yeah, did any of this. Because like, I, we, I mean, specifically I was like, who needs to buy organic? You don't have to I buy organic. I can live foods. off of Rotel and mac and cheese the rest of my life. Uh huh. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's where I come from. And mm-hmm. that is the mindset that I held confidently. So I know that there are plenty of people who confidently fall on that side. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's where it's like, well, I guess that comes down to like, what's mine to do? And and straight off the bat, there's a, there's a clear boundary that I'm not going to make somebody change their mind to Mm-mm. eat like me. But if you want to be in a relationship, 
you can share with each other how you eat and you can learn from them and they can learn from you. Yeah, I think eating together is one of more one of the most vulnerable things two people could do with their pants on. I mean, it's uh, it's showing. It's, it's showing really showing. Something. It's really showing something deep about you, what you choose to put in your body. Mm-hmm. Another thought we had is uh, like for for some of the friends who are closer to us who do know, and I mean, obviously now everybody listening knows that <laughs> despite our waistline, because we are not like the super we're uber fit, we're not small people, but the things in our pantry are are pretty like as there i mean we still have plenty of packaged foods right i'm not saying we right, have it, only yeah. rice and potatoes and onions and bell peppers mm-hmm. but the things that we consume are are definitely on the health side yeah and they're not necessarily lower calorie and they're not necessarily even lower sugar they're uh, just more nutritious they're like they're a little more nutritious a little bit less toxic a little because less we're just additives. talking about nutrition uh in, in a baseline, we haven't even gotten into the um, the toxic aspects of plastics and things like that that we've started to try to avoid. But I think a lot of our food is uh, lesser of those things. So siete chips, they're, mm-hmm. they're Doritos, they're corn chips like any other. It's not, it's not that spices, much healthier. They don't have additives they have and s- they're made with avocado oil instead mm-hmm. of a seed oil like if, canola if you, if you look that at the causes inflammation. Ingredient list and anything, there's usually about 20 things. And the first five or so things, or in this case, first seven things, are, are the food. And the rest of it is whatever else they Preservatives, put in. Preservatives, additives, texture changes. Those Siete chips have the same first seven things. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. But then that's it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's not a healthier food in terms of your waistline. It might be a healthier food in terms of cancer in 20 years. Mm-hmm. We'll find out in 20 years. I don't know. Uh-huh. But this is what we believe. But people who... who haven't gone down the rabbit hole have looked at our pantry and like i don't know what this is uh-huh uh-huh i think uh that kind of is it comes to in the chiropractor that we used to see they had a sign up that said um instead of asking why whole food is so expensive why don't we ask why packaged food is so cheap mm-hmm and it's kind of a it's a witty statement that's also kind of virtue signaling. Kind oh, of yeah. virtue signaling. Oh yeah. But the the deeper uh, rabbit hole under that statement is that we have subsidized large crops that are sprayed with heavy herbicides and pesticides and they have to use those products to get crop insurance. Mm-hmm. So they produce a large crop um, and they have insurance in case they don't get a large yield. And that has been government subsidized. Mm-hmm. And so it is cheaper to produce those packaged goods than it Which, is. From a public health perspective. A large scale. I, I don't think is a a, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have starvation issues in this country. Mm-hmm. We have the opposite problem in a lot of cases. And not that we don't like there is food insecurity. Food insecurity exists, but uh, there is cheap and plentiful food mm-hmm. in, our, in our country. And we're all grossly obese. Yeah. So we have we obesity, but, we, but we're malnourished because we don't have the diversity mm-hmm. of minerals and vitamins and such. And what where I think, and this is you know, getting far afield, but I feel like the government's job is to create a baseline of safety and having and cheap and plentiful well. food is, is that baseline of safety and they've done that well. Yeah. What yeah. their messaging should be is this is what's safe. This will, if you eat this, you won't die. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. It's not optimal, but this is as far as we as a government can do. Yeah. So this is this we is gonna, made it safe. We made it safe, uh-huh. and our food supply is safe. But just because it's government standard doesn't mean it's what's best. It's what's most efficient. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing to say about efficient the government. to produce, not efficient, efficient to for produce. your body. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw uh, another great joke uh, about you know people who weren't people who are in the military. What's something people outside of the military say that tells you they know nothing about the military? And one of the top answers was um, when people say military grade, as though <laughs> that means something good. <laughs> uh-huh. so what, what i'm trying to say is that what you're saying with the, the government subsidization is is not an not an altogether bad thing we have a lot of food in this country and that food is safe to eat mm-hmm. it's just we have health issues now as a result of that and i think we need to be thankful that we live in a place that there's a lot of cheap and abundant food uh and not not demonize that mm-hmm. but also say okay that's good but because we were we're in a safe place right now, now we can try to do better. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I think that I think that's where we could all get on board. Mm-hmm. I think. Right? Oh yeah. Without it coming across as snobby or virtue signaling. Or or sky is falling. You go you go through homestead Instagram and there's a uh, lot of like, oh, everything is just bad, evil. If you eat red dye 40, your kids are gonna you they're going to go bounce off the wall and like become autistic. And so if you are just kind of dipping your toe into, huh, I wonder if there's a better way. And that's what you see. Yeah. You're going to get overwhelmed. Yeah. And you're going to be like, these people are wonko crazy and whatever. And, th- and they are. And some are. Some are. Maybe all of us are. A little bit. <laughs> but I love. Okay. So that's why I love really very crunchy on Instagram. Big fan. Love her because. I understand almost all the topics that she's sharing, mm-hmm. but she does it. She presents she presents it in that extreme way mm-hmm. with this dry, witty humor. And her and her husband, there it's just so it's, well. It's self deprecating, and it's so well done. And that's that's what it's like. like. She, she's and poking I, fun of herself in a way that's honest. Yeah, uh, and that that makes light of somebody who's maybe on that extreme other side of. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what you're talking about. Why you choose to do the things you choose to do when it comes to eating. Mm-hmm. So I guess in um, all of our ramblings, I think what we could conclude here is, yes, it is 100% possible that some people are choosing to eat healthy because it's the hip, cool, or unique thing Mm -hmm. to do. Like for whatever appearance um, and sense of, uh, I'm part of this Mm in-group, I'm part of this group, it's possible. I'm part of this class, you know, people of my class eat this way. They Mm -hmm. shop at Whole Foods, whatever. They shop at Trader Joe's. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it possible? 100%. But I hope in sharing a little bit of our story and a little bit of the tensions that we feel kind of, or at least I feel flipping sides on how I eat, um, there might be more to the story. And I hope that if you you do fall a bit on the the whole organic thing is hokum, uh, that you might be able to set aside just how cringy people are because they're so cringy. Oh, I got that. I got that at Trader Joe's. Oh, the cringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually maybe hear what, what someone has to say because most of the time... We don't people, communicate well between each we other. We don't. So just let go of the cringe. Thanks for joining us today. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. And in the spirit of nuance, I hope you found something that you could agree with and you could disagree with and still choose to lean in. Give us a follow rating and review and consider sharing this episode with a friend to continue the dialogue and help us grow. Until next time. Thank you.